The Sisters Grimm podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Please listen at your own discretion. Blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. The most notorious serial killer in the nation, the Light Stalker. The Boston Strangler. The Son of Sam. The infamous Zodiac Killer. What's your favorite scary movie? I have hella milk mouth. I don't know why. Like, I feel like I have milk voice. Like, hello, milk Um, Well, I'm eating a milkshake, so I definitely have milk mouth. Well, how are you doing, Mr. Potter? So, welcome to the (laughs) Sisters Grimm podcast. That was my attempt at an Alan Rickman. Potter. (laughs) Going somewhere, Mr. Potter? People will think you're up to something. He's like, LOL, leave me the fuck alone. Look into my eyes and just don't focus on anything else. Anyway, so, welcome to the Sisters Grimm podcast. This is us. I'm sitting next to Morgan, and she is sitting next to... Holly. <laughs> That's who I am. That's a weird way to explain who we are. I don't know. I was trying to change things up, and I did um, it a weird one. Cool. Cool. So, for a little intro... So, we realized that last episode, we said that our next episode was the 50th, but it's actually not. It's the 49th. We don't know how to count. Apparently. So, Numbers this is aren't. not the super special, extra cool episode that we but have it planned. But it's still super extra cool and planned. <laughs> sure. So we are going to be talking about Door County. Door County again. again. Door but, County is weird part two. But in the, like the last time we talked about, you know, like hauntings and like paranormal shit and uh, we can ne- uh, never forget Sunar and Trina. Oh, <laughs> I was re-listening to that I episode forgot. today. I should have. And you Fuck. were laughing. Doesn't Maria fall asleep in that episode? No, that's in the ghost episode. Oh, okay. No, but this one, that one was so funny. You were <laughs> dying at Sunar and Trina. Oh, yeah, I remember You that were finally. like, what the fuck is this, Battlestar Galactica? Seriously. So, um, also... But before... Well, yes, before, but, um... Well, one little side note, uh-huh. just while we're still on Door County at this moment in time, just to, you know, let you guys know how Set weird Door County is. I thought it was interesting. Door County had, within hours of the Great Chicago Fire in 1871, there was a really bad fire in northern Door County, too. Hmm. And must have like, been a dry over time. 125 people died. Yeah, something must have been in the air. Yeah. Fire... Burnt or a bunch of just stupid cows. Oh apparently. my god! Oh my god! All of oh, what? Well, what if every cow from every state was supposed to do that? And then, <laughs> and then forty eight. It was like that one. Uh, not forty eight. That one chicken chicken run movie from Disney. It's like that, but with cows. Tuesday, sure. What are you? It's been for, I, I don't do remember right that. Now. Tuesday is like trying to climb on my shoulder. She's trying to get into your backpack. Yeah, that's fine. You can hang out there. All I remember from that movie is that we watched it at, like, a church lock-in, and they always said, girls are red and boys are blue, don't make purple. Basically being like, don't get within five inches of one another, please. So before we start (laughs) with Door County stuff... We have um, some recommendations for TV shows. There's been so much good shit coming out lately. 
Yeah. And since we kind of just talked about not all, but a lot of kind of crap in the Saw movies, like, let's talk about some stuff that was actually really good. Oh, like, good? Yeah. Um, Didn't you say you just finished Gerald's Game? Uh, yeah, I watched, I went through, like, a big, so I'm really, like, into movies that take place, like, in the forest with, like, yeah. really big wide shots. So I watched Gerald's Game, and then I was like, that sounds super familiar, and I was like, oh, I fucking have that, it's just based off a Stephen, Stephen King novel. Yes, of course. And it's really fucking good. It's about this couple, and they go away on, like, a, a retreat to get their, I'm only floundering because Tuesday is being weird. Tuesday. Um, Chill out. It's a couple and they're trying to spice up their marriage and things go hilariously wrong. And by hilariously, I mean, and it's terrifying and the scary thing in it. Like it was so scary. I had to turn it off. There's all these shows that I've been wanting to see. And now that I just bought my brand new 60 inch TV, I'm like, watching everything so I'm definitely gonna watch that one yeah it's really good that was so I watched it comes at night and that movie over the span of a weekend and it was during Gerald's game that I kept pausing it because my parents were like being super annoying and my dad's oh, like it was Gerald's game that this was happening yeah to and my, yeah and my dad was like what are you watching that you don't want me to see I'm like what the fuck would I be watching in your living do you think I'm just gonna watch porn in here right I'm like do you think I'm watching I like what 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 yeah what, what am what? I watching that I would be pausing <sighs> yeah so whatever um also we just got done watching what is out there right now of Castle fucking Rock speaking of Steven Spielberg Stephen oh, King sorry, you I dumb 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 do that Stephen King Stephen King you got really excited you, it was a I was excited it and was also just both Stevens it me. was an Adele disease moment it was very Adele disease but Castle fucking Rock. It's okay, really y'all good. know that I love it mostly because Bill Skarsgård's in it. But aside from that, um, it's amazing. It's really cool. It's, it's very a Hulu original. It's yeah. It's not based off of like one of his books, but it is. It's based off the town of Castle Rock, which is where a lot of things that take place in the Stephen King like world. Yeah, and it's mostly happen. at Shawshank. Um, yeah, lots of Shawshank right now. So much Shawshank, but Shawshank now in 2018. Yeah, it's fucking cool. It has um, the kid who plays Mickey from Shameless. Love him. He's really good in it. Um, it also has the guy from Roanoke. I don't know his name. Yeah, it has John Locke from Lost. <clears throat> yeah. And it has um, Francis McDormand. Yeah, from American Horror Story as well. It has, it's dope. Uh, who else does it have in it? It's got a lot of it's really good people. It's got a lot people. of really good people in it. It's got a lot of really good and people. And probably more to come. So, most importantly, something that I think everyone should go watch right now that's on Netflix is um, this new show called Dark Tourist. If anyone with... We talked about Tickled. Yeah, so... It's, it's the, the same, same New Zealander who made Tickled. Yeah, um, his name is David Farrier. He's Farrier. How, David Farrier. He's New Zealand. David Farrier. He did Tickled. Um... So it's really great. It's about this David who is. It's about this it's, it's one about David. This David. So it's about this and David. And he is traveling all over the world to weird tourist spots or dark tourist spots and the all fr- over. So he goes to like Japan, he goes to America, he goes to Europe, and he goes to Africa. But where's the first place he motherfucking goes? Milwaukee. It's not the first place. Oh, yeah, you're right. The he first episode is, Latin, is America. Latin America, which is a really good but one. But that's I the that first one, one I watched, so I no, consider it. But, so, yeah, he goes and to And shout Jeffrey. out to the true crime girl. If you 
for whatever, if this gets to you somehow. Which one? I forget what her name was, but you know the girl who goes to visit him? Oh, and her name was... She was never in... She'd never been to Milwaukee before. I feel like such an asshole for Wasn't not knowing her, her name. Wasn't her name she's not, Wendy? She was so cool. I don't remember. No, Wendy was the uh, the lawyer. Right. Jeffrey Dahmer's lawyer. Oh, God, that part was... Whoa. Yeah, but... Oh, goosebumps. The craziest... Oh, at least... Okay, so for me, we watched the show very out of order. We started... Or at least I started with, like, the two American episodes first. Yeah, and me so too. so, basically, we started with the best episode first. I think. No, we started missed, with, you haven't seen Stan's Not yet, but I think it's going to be good. I've seen Europe. Um, oh. So. Oh, right, Doy, we watched that one last night. Yeah, Dumbo. Um, but the last place he goes in the last episode is in America. It's and, actually in Tennessee. And it's, I don't know, but it's been haunting Morgan ever since she saw it. It's not haunting. I just think it's very interesting that people, okay, so basically it's defined what this tourist attraction is defined as uh, the original extreme haunted attraction and it's also called a survival challenge i would say it is an escape room gone a billion holy shit like like escape like on a continuum of of escape room you're not really trying because escape rooms they're like there's some like smartness to it oh there's you're like trying to solve something this is literally what it would be like if someone was just torturing you yeah this would be like if someone was like hey want to go to guantanamo bay it's and like you were people like, who oh my god, yeah. want to be tortured because they that's like what they get their high from and it's just very interesting to me because I as am someone who likes sitting on, you know, my couch, I like feeling comfortable, I like feeling safe. Like I love haunted houses, but the thing I like most about them is that they can't touch me. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't want anyone touching me. Like, when I watch my horror, I want to be watching it in the comfort of my own living room, on my couch, with, like, a blanket and, like, maybe some grapes. Some gold. You know, I want to be, what? like, feeling cute while it's happening. Do you want to feel like a Greek <laughs> I was eating goddess? grapes today. I don't know why I said that. Do you want someone also, like, um... Probably. Fanning you with a palm frond? Please. Uh, that's not going to be happening to you. In this place. So, the place that we're talking <laughs> no, about is they called... Will, you get, like, waterboarded. McKamey Manor. It's scary there, I also watched another documentary gross. today that was about it. It's called Haunters, oh. the Art of the Scare. It's also on Netflix. So, for those of you... He also... So, this guy, I should know his name. It's in these movies, or in these shows, whatever. He literally made this scary house, and he does it because he likes filming it because... He's, he's a up. filmmaker. I don't and know. so you can he go online me. and watch all of these movies. Like, he makes literal movies. But if you're like me, who doesn't want to watch these fucked up, crazy ass movies, but you want us like a little taste of what these are about, Dark Tourist is really good. And The Haunters, that are both on Netflix, is really good. But I just want to really quick read to you what you have to do in order to do the McKamey Manor. Because I I feel like there's people that listen to our podcast that would be really down to do this. Okay. Okay. I am not one of them, but I bet you some of you out there want to go to, like, the craziest kind of haunted house you can go to. Spell it. It's M-C-K-A-M-E-Y and Manor as if you would spell Manor. Yeah. Okay, so you must be 21 or older, or you can be 18 to 20, but you have to have your parent, your parental, your parental. Our parents wouldn't let us eat fucking cookie, uh, cookie. Don't uh, let your kids do this. You must have completed a recent sports physical, you know, like what you have to do before you go to like high school and college and stuff. 
And you have to have a doctor saying that you are physically and mentally cleared to do this. Oh, cool. So I can literally cannot do this. You probably shouldn't do this. You have to pass a background check provided by McKinney Manor. You have to be screened via Facebook, FaceTime, or a phone call. Facebook? Uh, it's just another option people have. Um, you have to have proof of medical insurance. Huh. Because you will get hurt during this. Like, you might break a bone. Well, yeah, but um, then they you also... You might need stitches. Well, but if you don't have insurance, then you know that you're like, okay, yeah. I just got to pay that out of pocket. You must sign a detailed 40-page waiver, and you, to, to even do it, I think he makes you take like a three to four to five hour just class of him telling you what's going to happen before you even do all of this. Because it's like a show. He wants it to be like a horror show you're going to. All of that. you're a part of it. All of that sounds worse than the actual thing. Yeah. A 40-page waiver? I'm not fucking reading that. So this is the warning verbatim from their website. Be warned, McKamey Manor is not your standard, in parentheses, boo, haunted house. This is an audience participation event in which you will live your own horror movie. This is a rough, intense, and truly frightening experience. You must be in great health to participate. The website also states that the experience is different for everyone because he bases it around your own personal fears. I ain't telling him shit Because in me. one of the documentaries, he literally, like, has gotten one of his neighbors to like he's like tricked her to go through multiple times and so he knows what she's afraid of and i think she's really afraid of snakes oh and so he'll like pull snakes out Um, the dude from uh whitest kids you know zach kreger worked for a place like that and you would basically sign this waiver and they would give you a window of say a month and they're like within this time frame you were going to kidnap you so that's like so be, like at some point during this frame of this time, one you walk into doing it. yeah this one you but know that's terrifying yeah and then there's a safe word and if you as soon as you say it like there's no going back yeah there's safe words at this one too and they have to be like kind of like bit they say it like they're kind crying. of like humili- hum- humiliated humiliating it's really yeah. it's I, I wouldn't care I would say whatever the fuck I I wouldn't do it in the first place because that's just not something. I, I would just be like, be tornado, for, tornado, I think tornado. I think it's really interesting that what would your safe word be? would do it. I wouldn't do it, so I don't no, know. No, but, like, what would your safe... I mean, hypothetically... Do you want to know what my actual safe word has been? Ooh, during sex, I don't. But, uh, like, okay, what would your safe word you be for this? I don't know. Pineapple. Is it tornado? No, it's not tornado. Is it swordfish? I said pineapple. What, okay, what's your sex one? Tell the whole world. Tell all, all your listeners. It was just laundry, but it was never said. It was just joked about. Laundry? Okay, cool. Any whoozle. So what this episode uh, is not uh, about, but I bet... I just thought that, was, that that's no, no. really interesting and people are into it. Okay, I'm, Holly. No, no, no. I'm really happy that you talked about that, Morgan. Don't seem like it. I was really happy. I liked it. You were very informed. And I think people, there's going to definitely be people who listen to this podcast who that are probably, it. like, foaming at the mouth. They have paused and are looking this up right now. They mm-hmm. pulled over on the side of the road. Um, so, anyways, back to our weird-ass Dora County. So, for those of you who maybe didn't listen to our first one, Dora County is in the peninsula tip of Wisconsin. It's right by Green Bay. Yeah, it's right by Green Bay. Um, and the first big town is Sturgeon, where the majority of these murders all happen, basically. And Sturgeon is kind of like the last town, like it's the last major 
town. You go, it has like, a it's Walgreens. the only town that has like yeah, like as a Target. It actual has a Taco that Bell, we know. you know. Because actual Door County is all little businesses, it's except just, for I mean, gas they have, stations and a piggle 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 wiggles. They have one piggly wiggly and then gas stations, and then they have this one random ass grocery store that is really cool. Shopcos are everywhere. Great. Oh. I didn't know that. I I'm thought it was. Sure they are. I like, thought it throughout was Southern Illinois. I as thought well. it was Pacific to Dark County. Nope, Wisconsin. Okay, so anyway, Wisconsin. So, but speaking of that place, that is literally where we came up with the idea for this. Because shout out to whoever these dudes are. Oh yeah. Because uh, we talked about last time how there are these haunted tours that you can go on in Door County, but we didn't want to do it that way because we wanted to go think. Also, I don't like. The idea of going on a tour. I love tour. guided tours. I don't want to go on a tour. I kind of like doing it myself. Because and you're the, the same way. Also, the way I, I already fucking, I know everything. And mm-hmm. if someone is telling it to me, I'm going to interrupt them. Yeah. And that's not you cool. You are that kind of a person. I would do that. I'd be like, you're actually fucking wrong. Because <laughs> they do that in the first episode of Dark Tourist when they're in Milwaukee. And I want to be like, you were wrong. You were wrong. You yeah. were wrong. You were wrong. Because they go to, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. So. And it's, just watch it. If you're a bit, if you know anything about Jeffrey Dahmer or like, I don't know. But I'm not saying that it's not cool and good for them for like anyways, having a best anyway. The reason we're talking about shop any but yeah, no, I found um, the uh, newspaper, the Door County newspaper, and they were advertising these guys, and they have a new tour called Murder Mayhem. Literally, the the paper just said murder, and we were like, "What?" Well, I was like, "Huh?" Well, because you guys were all inside, like I don't know, touching each other's butts. We were shopping, <laughs> right? No, and then I went outside and was reading the the article and stuff. So the first one is from a very, very long time ago. We did not go on this tour, by the way. No, um, no, and I don't. I wouldn't want to go. Like, I mean, nothing really happened. I wouldn't go to like these houses or anything. No. No. Um. So the first story we have is William Drews and the death of Mrs. Cody. I got basically all of my information and a lot of Morgan too. Go to there's a great website called newspapers dot com. Pretty easy to remember. Yeah, you just literally look up articles. It's literally just like uh, going into a library and reading the microfiche, except it's online. And it's Think of, like, gorgeous. <laughs> now and then, for those of you who've seen that movie, when they go and, like, go to the library and, like, look up old, like, newspaper articles, that's yeah. pretty much what it is, but you can do it online now. It's really decent. So I got all of mine from the Green Bay Press Gazette. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Yeah, the Gazette is lit. Yes. So, yeah, all of my information is mostly from this article. Um, yeah, mine is too, and, like, just, like, court documents in general. Yeah. Um, so this uh, article was published on April 7th, 1948. The previous day, William Drews, 54 years old, confessed to the murder of 85-year-old Mrs. Sadie Cody. What year did you say this happened? 1948. All right. So, on Friday, April 2nd, 1948, William Drews went to the gigantic three-story mansion where his landlord, widowed Mrs. Cody, Wait, lived. is this the mansion that you were telling me about? No, this is... I was trying to find this mansion. Okay. Oh, and that's how you stumbled Side upon the bar. other mansion. Yeah, so Door County, we're talking... We literally stay in the opposite, the complete opposite of this house. So, I found this house in yeah. Door County. It is... Originally was nineteen point five million dollars. It's the most immaculate, gorgeous home. But I mean, like it's a steal now because it got bumped down to two point five. No, that is a yeah. steal. That's a steal from what That's it was. That's a steal. It is the longest home I've ever seen. It has forty three rooms. It has a fucking like Venetian, really like, pretty bathrooms, like a 
indoor pool. It's very gorgeous. I would love to stay there sometime. But no, I was, that's, I could not find this mansion. But since William and Mrs. Cody knew each other, he knocked on the door and she obviously let him in. He asked her if he could borrow some money, but she refused. And that really pissed off William. And he fucking punched her in the face and it knocked her out and she fell over. I mean, she was 95 years old or 85 years old rather and weighed about 95 pounds. Mm. Yeah. So she was a tiny little tiny. So while Mrs. Cody was lying on the floor, William found her purse and stole $110. Dick. Which is such a small amount of money to kill someone over. The 40 is not as small though. Well, no, even with inflation, because obviously I looked it up. Right. About $1,000. Yeah. Not worth it. Nope. Um... While being questioned, William recalled that he heard Mrs. Cody moan a few times before she went completely silent. This is when he confessed. Um, He picked up her body, and he carried it to the basement and set her into the furnace. Mm -hmm. He covered her body in coal, turned the furnace on, and cleaned the blood off of his hands. After he murdered Mrs. Cody, William drove to his fiancée, Julie Smith's house, and gave her the 110, and he told her that he got it from selling land to a man named Attorney Ferguson. The next day, the couple drove to Green Bay and got married at a courthouse. What? Yeah. After the ceremony, the judge who officiated the wedding told the couple to leave out of a door that was different than the one they had come in, and William looked at him dryly and just said, I always leave by the door I come in. Hmm. Like, because he walked, and I just thought that was scary because, like, he walked out the same door he came in when he killed Mrs. Cody. Um, So then the couple drove back to Sturgeon Bay to party and celebrated up like all Wisconsin people do, which was so much. some beer and cheese. So much Schlitz and cheese curds. Yeah. The squeakiest. So all of Mrs. Cody's tenants were questioned by the police as routine procedure, and even though William was not a suspect, the sheriff or sheriff. Um, noticed scratches on William's right hand. When he asked William how he got the scratches, William told him that he was cutting wood and uh, he kind of hit his hand with the axe and the sheriff was like, that's weird because you're right-handed and it would be very unlikely for you to get cuts on your right hand. Mm -hmm. And so also Julie was brought in to be questioned and she told them that William had said that he got the scratches on his hand while replacing a hubcap. Okay. So maybe keep your story. I I mean, yeah, I'm so glad he straight. didn't. I'm glad he didn't keep his story straight. Yeah, because in the 40s, it's not like they could have tested for anything really. Oh, not at all. They didn't even no. know what DNA was. So Julie also told them about the $110 and how mm. William said that he got it when he sold some property to Attorney Ferguson. But at that time of the murder, Attorney Ferguson was on vacation in Florida and mm. didn't return until after. The- Two days after the murder had been well, done. And they could have just asked him if he had actually bought stuff from him, and he could have been, like, new. True, but, I mean, like, Homeboy was far, far away in sunny Florida. Right. So, let's see. William told police that this was the first murder he had ever committed, but after being arrested for murdering Mr. Cody, the police couldn't help but think back to when William's first wife died in a car mm. crash after the car had caught on fire. Damn. In 1946, William and his first wife crashed, and William managed to escape, but his wife unfortunately did not, and some believe that William drove the car into the middle of nowhere, locked his wife in the car, and set it on fire. On April 26, 1948, so super quick speedy trial mm-hmm. back then, I mean, they didn't have everything bogged down by, like... Law. You know, yeah. like all everything they have to go through. There's not as much evidence now because right. of DNA shit. But 
He was found guilty for first-degree murder. It only took the jury an hour to deliberate before Dang. coming back with a guilty verdict, and he was sentenced to life imprisonment because, as we all and know... And that's with literal, like, only... Well, he did confess. He confessed, and he yeah. killed an old woman, and, you know, the jury, especially then, they're... I mean, should it be a jury of your peers? I don't know. I think it should be specialists, honestly. Yeah. Because juries, I mean, they're going to think with their emotions. Yeah. And you can't. You literally cannot. You have to think of things unbiasedly. Yeah. And it really, it's very hard. I mean, I'm not saying that I would be able to do that. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would love to sit in on a murder trial. Don't get me wrong. That would be... You could have... As long as it didn't last, like, for fucking ever. But, um... You gave up your... You could have done it. Yeah, but it was... It, it could have been a coolie. I didn't give it up. I just couldn't go. True story. Um, yeah, but that is an interesting that story. That was the story of William Drews and the death of Mrs. Cody. Mrs. Cody didn't have a chance. She was a little old lady. Little Widow Cody. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, maybe you should stop playing Sonic, because I just pressed record. All right, so we're back. Holly was playing. That was a little bit of Sonic the Hedgehog. What is that? What's that level called? Green Hill Zone. A little bit of Green Hill Zone. Green Hill Zone. So we're back to talk more about murder. We're back to talk more. So my murder is about uh, a man named David Dellis and the murder of Michael Cassie. So in the fall of 1996, Michael Cassie, who was 15 at the time, was a runaway, and he ran into the wrong guy. So this guy, David Dellis, he was a Green Bay local. He was 37 at the time that all of this was going down. So this guy was 15, the other guy was 36. They were friends. Kind of doesn't add up to me. No, that's like how John Gacy was friends with people. Yeah, like I don't have friends who are like... And not that I wouldn't, but you know what I'm saying? Like, norm, normally... Well, no. fi- and 15 is so young. He was 37. I wouldn't have a friend who was, like, no. 12. Yeah, it'd and be I'm weird. 30. It'd be weird. Um, what so, do you have in common? Apparent. Uh, so, okay, so David, like... So I read this one story, like, this article about this kid who grew up in Door County, and he knew David because his dad had lent him plywood because okay. he actually wanted to open up like a not a home but like a like halfway house Aww. for like runaways Aww. and so that kind of makes you think like oh that makes sense that maybe he'd be with like this younger kid who maybe is like trying to find his way maybe he's having a hard time he's run Ooh. away from home it's a contracting this is totally a john wayne gacy set kind of seems like that anyways i read that story that's just it wasn't very informational but okay so this next information basically is just what we have received from David's testimony, mm-hmm. his confession. And so it says that Michael went and was like staying with him, but also there's things that people were saying where maybe Michael was being held against his will. So David says that when Michael was trying to leave, apparently, him and David got into an altercation, and so Michael kept hitting him, and so David, to, like, fight back, like, grabbed him and took him into a chokehold, and so he claims that he was only, like, choking him for a little bit, and then when he let go, Michael just fell to the ground. He thought he was passed out, but he was dead already. 
But we know how hard it is to strangle someone. Yeah, so he It's not to, just like, oh, oops, I accidentally strangled you too hard for, like, a minute. Like... You have to be really good in You have to be there. really strong. Well, plus, what is it? Like, an arm... I mean, that's, like, why in wrestling they have to, like... Tap out. Like, tickle the other person's armpit or something, something weird to, weird. like, get them to stop. Because <clears> that'll, <throat> that'll kill you. Plus, right. he's... How old in his 30s? 15, yeah. And 15, I, I'm sorry, but, like, he's still growing. He's a growing boy. Right. Like, that's really sad. Yeah. That's fucked up. So, Ugh. after realizing that Michael is dead, Della says that he stashed the body in his car for, like, a little. And then he drove out and he hid it in some, like, tall weeds near a power plant somewhere. That's something you don't... And so... That's weird. This all happened in Green Bay. Okay. But so now... He goes and he drives to an old, what he thought was like empty, broken down farm that's in Door County to start chopping and dismembering the body. So he has a chainsaw, not a quiet tool. Not a quiet, not not one of the quieter tools. Chainsawing this man into 36 pieces. (gasps) He chops them up into little pieces. Uh huh. And so he's, his, his intent was to chop him up and then burn him. He's a dumb idiot. He's and a fucking so hacksaw, you dumb piece he of, or a bone saw, had, like, dumb, started dumb. putting him in, like, garbage cans, and they were the garbage cans to these people's house who were living there, and they came out, and so when they came out, he ran away. And they... And this was 1996, David. They found the body parts. Yeah. Yeah. He disposed of them horribly. Yeah. David, bad. So... David, bad criminal. David, bad criminal. Um, so then after this, he fled to, um, a vacation home in Door County and he was staying in the basement unbeknownst to the couple who were living upstairs at the time. Fuck, Which I am is so my happy. my biggest fear. Right, and I'm so happy the cabin we stay in has no I'm so basement. happy that my apartment doesn't have a basement or an attic because that is, like, my worst fear. My apartment is basically... When you hear those stories where people have had... Someone was living in their basement for, like, a month and yeah, then Yeah, don't even. Them. Don't even. Dude. I don't have to work... No, that's why I'm saying my apartment is essentially a... Yeah, you're room. fine. I'm in a vault. You're, there's nowhere anyone could hide that you would not know they were there, at least within... A couple minutes. Even if my room was, even if my apartment was clean. No, no, yeah, no how I called dirty. it room. My apartment, I have two rooms. Yeah. I have this room that we're in. I have a hallway. That's a hallway. That's not a room. And I have a bathroom. Okay. So anyways, about Holly's apartment. That has nothing to do with this story. All right, cool. I told you I have three rooms. I think it's pretty so, self-explanatory. I think that's like a really short episode of Crips. So Dallas, then he's staying in the basement, but he goes upstairs. He ties the couple up. He burgles them including um, their car, which was a truck, and he takes off in it. Um, He then became the subject of a week-long Door County manhunt. He was caught at a roadblock near Bailey's Harbor. Um, He was captured very quickly because, duh, you're on a peninsula in a stolen car. Well, and to get off of... So the peninsula basically... Sturgeon Bay is on the other side of the peninsula. Yeah. And, like, you have to go over... But he was... I think there's two in, bridges. Like, yeah, because he's at Bailey's Harbor. Yeah, we yeah. were at two... There's two bridges. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was on the further side. Because mm-hmm. um, I came home that one way. One and that's way. even harder to get back from. Yeah, yeah. And these bridges raise up to let out boats because on the other side is literally yeah. Lake so Michigan. So there's a manhunt. 
They're lifting them bridges. And he basically got stuck on an island mm-hmm. where there's police checkpoints. Um, so he was caught, obviously. He pled not guilty by means of insanity. However, he later withdrew the plea after two mental health professionals both examined him and said that he knew exactly, like, what he was doing. And, like, he knew what was right and what was wrong. And but he... did did they diagnose him with any psychological... Did they diagnose no. him with anything? No. He didn't have any sort of psychological, mental no. issue? Not they reported, but this was the 90s. Okay, but, well, um, I'm just going to say, as a precursor, because we did say that our Biggie Big episode is going to be Biggie Big. It's going to be coming up soon. Uh, there's... AKA next. Yeah, there is an interesting thought... Uh, there is something regarding what you just said that I will go into more detail at when the time comes. Until now, that's just a cliffhanger for what's to come. And it's, yeah. So he was charged with six felony counts. So he was charged with armed robbery, two counts of false imprisonment because when you, like, keep people... You know, oh, yeah. When like, you... when you tie people up and don't mm-hmm. let them leave. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so this is what's weird to me. He also, he was, so he was... a. One of the counts is for armed robbery. One of the counts is for arming himself during commission of a burglary and auto theft, which is apparently a different Two charge. Two separate things. And he was also, obviously, he was charged for dismembering the body. So they were also, those were all the things they knew he did, but what they didn't know is whether or not he had intent to kill. So whether or not he meant to kill him, was it preemptive or was it an accidental? So they charged him with, I believe it was second degree murder because he still was like obviously at fault for killing but didn't necessarily remember how wisconsin has those weird yeah hold on because let me look because one of my guys got that and it reminded me of it um so also like he received guilty obviously but some charges he got not guilty for like some of the other like random ones um because he was also like at the time he was up for charges in a different county because I think other things happened in a different county, and he was also had, like, marijuana charges against him, and uh, in the 90s, that was, like, uh, a big charge. Yeah. But was anyways... Was it intentional homicide? Because, like, first degree intentional? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got into yes, that, yes, yes. and I don't remember. So he was sentenced to 42 years in prison, and he his most recent appeal that I was able to find was upheld, so he's going to be in jail until 2038. And that information came from also the internet. I forget which, I think it was the Manitowoc County that I found that article in. Yeah, in from the Morgan, article, real yeah. quick. But I also got most of this from his, like literally the court documents, like what he was saying verbatim. So yeah, no, Morgan and I were real. G's like I said, this. like we like did our hardcore research. Well, it's because these were not easy cases. This isn't like Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted Bundy, like oh, easy no. to find shit about. Like this stuff isn't like talked about a lot no i mean i'd never heard of any one of these murders and some of them are really fucked up we talked about that one that's like a little more well known now the one oh um, the plane the the pregnant woman yeah the plainfield guy who killed the woman who was pregnant in door county we talked about that one last episode um that's probably like the the only one people might know anything about yeah a guy from plainfield illinois who we're our home i drive by there all the time yeah uh very very small little like farm town he uh i forget where they worked at best buy or something but he i guess like i don't know but we already talked about the story so i am going to talk about james duranti all right so we're also gonna take a little blast from the past we were just in 1996 and now we're going back to good old 1953 Whoa. Whoa. Sherry, 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 Sherry. 
Cherry. <laughs> so, again, my information is from the Green Bay Press Gazette. Yes, Gazette, come through. Yes, Green Bay Gazette Press, or Press Gazette. So, sure. James Durante was only 15 years old, but... For a 15-year-old, the article described him as a stocky boy weighing 185 pounds, which, I'm sorry, that's not stocky. That's not, like, super stocky. And they didn't say how tall he was. At 15, it's a little stocky. I guess. Um, On June 29th, 1953, James killed his next-door neighbors. Yikes. According to James's confession, how would you... Okay, how do you say that? Like, 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 James, or would you say James's? James' confession James. or James's confession? Mm, I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, James's confession. James's confession. Okay. Yeah. So around 7 uh, 30 p.m. of July 9th, uh, 29th, rather, he knocked on the door of neighbors Grace, 50 years old, and Sumner, 52 years old, Harris. Mm. Grace opened the door for James, um, and once in the house, James immediately started attacking Grace. Jeez. He tried gagging her, but she managed to escape and she ran to the kitchen, tried to get into the telephone. James chased after her and grabbed a knife and stabbed her repeatedly. Oh, my God. At that point, James said he thought she was dead, but according to the autopsy report, Grace died of strangulation. Police found her with slashes, again, her neck and on her sides and on other parts of her body, but her nightgown was twisted tightly around her neck, leaving her in only her underwear and stockings. Ew. Yeah. And she was how old? She was 50. Mm. And... So, and this was in the kitchen where he said that he stabbed her. Okay. So, um, also police asked James if he had sexually assaulted Grace and he said no. And the autopsy was able to prove that he did not. Uh, so, I mean, he, off- Grace, weird. He did offer her the small grace, I guess, of at least not being, doing that, I guess. I don't okay. know. So, all Grace, although, like I said, Grace was stabbed in the kitchen, her body was eventually found in the study but it also seems that James carried the woman's body to the sofa in the living room and set her there because the sofa was soaked in her blood. Mm. James waited in the house until 9.30 when Mr. Harris returned from work, which, by the way, is the scariest thing in the entire world to me. Yeah. Like, thinking, like, okay, someone just killed one of your family members and now they're just waiting for you to come home so that they can kill you. It's the feeling of, like, it's so uncomfortable to think of other people, like, being in your space with your belongings where you feel the most safe. Yeah, that's why being burgled is so... And them having the upper hand. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Doi, oi, oi. So, much like with Mrs. Harris, when Mr. Harris entered the house, James immediately started attacking him and then tried to stab him with the same knife he had used to stab Grace... The two wrestled with Mr. Harris fighting to get the knife away from James, but he couldn't, and James stabbed Sumner 44 times. Mr. Harris put up the fuck of a fight, though, because when they found his body, along with all of the stab stab wounds... wounds in his hands? Well, no, he had a fucking broken leg and his ankle was dislocated, so he was, like, fucking... Fighting. Hell yeah, bitch. Fuck. Poor Harris's love you. I mean, they were smart... They were smart. Um, afterwards, also, they were really big in the community. Oh, I've read a lot of really cool stuff they did. Like, they did a lot of really good things. Like, at least he didn't come home to find her dead. I don't know. I don't know I mean, what's worse. Maybe yeah. it would have been better if he had lived. I don't know. I don't know. It's very hard to say. It really is. So, afterwards, James went home and wrote a letter to his mother that said, I killed Mr. and Mrs. H. You can call the police and tell them I'm in Michigan because that's where I'm headed. Well, okay. Well, so he, stupid. 
Well, what's the point of even leaving? Well, hold on. So he changed out of his bloody clothes and stashed them and the knife in between his house and a large rain barrel. He stole the Harris's car, drove from Wisconsin through Illinois, and ended up in Shelbyville, Indiana. Hmm. So he probably drove through Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he probably took 80 into 55. Mm-hmm. Uh, police found Harris's car abandoned in a ditch outside of Shelbyville, and inside the car they found a suitcase and a glasses case that Mr. Harris had written his name on, so they knew it was his and the right car because it has Wisco plates, obviously, mm-hmm. and they knew that the glasses case had been taken from the Harris's home. So while James was hiding out in Shelbyville, he was arrested for vagrancy because police found him sleeping in an abandoned car. What's vagrancy? Vagrancy just means, I mean, he was a young kid. Vagrant. Okay, I get it. He's a vagrant, yeah. He was brought into the station for questioning. The sheriff approached James with Mr. Harris's glasses case and a suit coat that matched the pants James was wearing. But James was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And, like, they went back and forth, and eventually the sheriff was like, look, bud, this <laughs> coat matches the pants you are look, sweetheart. on. Look, sweetheart, you are wearing literally the pants you're wearing say, my name is Miss... You're going these to belong- jail. Yeah. It's time so, for jail. Uh, after these claims, J- uh, James freaked out and admitted to everything. Wow. So murderers were very easily shaken. How old was James? James was 15. Fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course you're going to fucking... Totally admit it when you're fucking yeah, 15. Yeah, like, obviously. It's yeah, not I mean, hard. Yeah, you don't know that you can talk to a lawyer or that you should just fucking not talk at all, but yeah. whatever. And you always just think saying what happened is going to make it feel better. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You're just, you know. So James goes back to Door County to face juvenile court where he was found delinquent on the murders of the huh. Harrises. Before the police... Seems like a light sentencing. Yeah. Well, before the police had found out that the murderer was only 15, they were going to charge the person with two counts of first-degree murder and to be sentenced to life imprisonment. Mm. But James didn't go to prison. Instead, he was sent to the state school for boys in Waukesha, Wisconsin. What? Uh Uh-huh. And up until he was 21. So he only went to juvenile court. Yep. And when, uh, That's stupid. When I was 14 and I got arrested, I had to go to juvenile court and I had to go to regular people court. Yeah. Um, but I had to go to traffic court, so maybe that's different, because it was car related. Yeah, it's so different, Morgan. You didn't kill anybody. Well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. kill anybody. So, I could not, for the life of me, find out if he was released when he was 21 or what happened, but what I was able to find out was a little information about the boys' home that James was sent to. A large number of the boys were sent to a different home in 1959 called the New Wisconsin School for Boys in Wales. So it's very possible that James... In Wales? Wales. That's just probably Wales, Wisconsin. Oh, I was thinking like Wales. Like no, country. yeah, no. Yeah, they sent all these boys over, over, I was like, what? over to the country of Wales. Um, they wouldn't do that to poor the, the Welsh. Um, right. So it's possible that James could have been one of those kids. Also, this is just me. My assumption is that James, because he was a minor, maybe he changed his name. His parents seemed to be on his side, like... You know, he's 15 years old, yeah. so... But James would be 80 years old today, around yeah. that time, okay. so it's not out of the realm of possibility that a James Aru is still, is still out there. Yeah, it could be, but there is also yeah. a good chance that he's, he's not. He's somewhere out there beneath, beneath the pale moonlight. I actually didn't know the, those words. 
You So that was a bummer. That's really sad because like when I think of like older couples and like it just makes me really sad. When older people get killed, it's very sad to yeah. me cuz they're old. I had two older they're dads. They're feeble. They're feeble. They can't help themselves. Yeah. It's it's very sad. And so our final story of the night. Oh yeah, we're filming this at nighttime, by the way. Yeah. So you could be listening to this at the afternoon. We I think there is an episode where Morgan talks about all the times of the day. Yeah, there's morning. Yes, yeah, we do, you don't. <laughs> there's uh, afternoon. Fuck off! You don't need to there's do it again. Early evening when you're like, I could take a nap. Then there's like mid evening where you're like, oh, I'm getting hungry. Then there's dinner time. Then you hit um, nap nap time. And you take a nap nap <laughs> after dinner? No. Anywho, so last murder, Steve Ozone Owens. What a power name. Yep, and just so you know, I will be referring to him as Ozone, Ozone. the entire time. Good so, to know. On the evening of December 24th, 2001, Ozone, 40 years old, and his best friend John Zellhofer, 36, were chilling at Ozone's house. Drinking some bourbon, playing the guitar, smoking what I'm guessing was some of the worst weed imaginable. Ozone probably grew it in a ditch. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't imagine like Wisconsin weed and up this, until maybe like now yeah, being and this, good. This was in 2001. Yeah, it's probably like not the best. Yeah, so everything, you know, going gravy up until uh, the two started arguing about the events of 9-11, which had happened only a few <laughs> months prior. I remember you telling me about this one. I do not know what the argument entailed. I wish so I So this knew. happened in 2001. Yeah. So, like, like freshly fresh 9-11 just happened. Okay. I wish I knew. I really wanted to know what side each of them were on. Maybe Ozone wanted to shut up how jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Yeah, maybe the other guy kept job. yelling about the fact that Bush did 9-11. Exactly. He's like, there are clearly, they're like, there is not a airplane-shaped hole in the Pentagon, John. <laughs> so any all <laughs> Ozone got very mad and was ozone like a professional wrestler on the side no i don't know what ozone was other okay. than a hot mess so i bet you he took jujitsu classes or something like that. well listen he had a going. mohawk did you say that he had no a mohawk? he just looks like a douchebag okay so <laughs> what we do know we don't know what the argument was about but we do know that it escalated very quickly, yeah. and Ozone took out his Japanese samurai sword <laughs> and threatened John. Ozone's crazy. John started- Ozone's that guy that you go to the party with, and he punches a girl in the face. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's that okay. guy. A girl being punched in the face isn't funny, but like... No, it's not, but we've all been at the party where there's a dude who punches a girl in the face, and everyone's, and everyone's like, what like- the fuck? Thought. And everyone's like, you just hit a girl. Yeah, no, but you yeah, no. know what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, yeah, right so now. everyone has a pretty good picture of, yeah, th- picture, that is, yeah, That's that is ozone. ozone. So, he only wears cutoff shirts with eagles on them. Shut up. I think that's what he wore in court. I'm and just like, like, uh, so many pocket um, cargo shorts. He basically just shot And them. he always has a knife on him because he's one of those guys. I think you are born with a knife in Wisconsin. Probably. I said that about somewhere else, but... So, yeah, like, we were talking, like, if it was your friend... So John started laughing because, like, I would start laughing if, if someone some took, out took out a samurai sword and started threatening. <laughs> I'd be like, you dumb idiot, put that away. Right. And Ozone freaked out and stabbed John... 
in the chest. How many times? Just once? Just once, but it did that. Yeah, it was a samurai sword. Yeah. Uh, uh, But it was sharp. The autopsy showed that the blade went in seven inches and cut his heart and lung, like, in half. Oh, my God. Yeah. So after... That's intense. Yeah. So after he killed Bill Stell, killed his best friend, Ozone decided to take a little walk in a nearby forest, which I would like to take the time to point out that... With the... Find, weapon? Well, no. Finding a nearby forest in Derrick County is not hard. <laughs> you walk outside, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. here. Um, there are parts that are very secluded and feel like they're in the middle of nowhere. We're just, like, we're just always up in, like, the summery touristy part, but there are mm-hmm. very desolate areas. For sure. Like, some of the places we've stayed, like, uh Are in the middle of nowhere where there's, like, huge spiders the size of your fist. Oh, my God. I don't even want to talk about that spider. So anyway, moths the size of your head. Moths the size of bats. Bigger bats. So police were already in pursuit of Ozone, and when they found him in the forest, Ozone asked the police to shoot him. And later, the police found that someone had written a message in the snow that said, "You die. I'm already dead. Thanks." What? Thanks spelled T H A. XX. So I'm just assuming what? that means thanks. It definitely means thanks. It's, okay, that it could have been a coincidence. Ozone was 40. He, he was said, 40? Yeah, and he said He was thanks. 40? Yeah, John was only 46, or 36. Oh my god, for some reason I pictured these kids being like 17 and 18. I'm already dead. Thanks! <laughs> what the I don't want to talk ill of the dead, but I'm already dead. So wait, the police did shoot Ozone? No, they didn't shoot him. Uh, He was charged with first-degree intentional homicide and was found guilty on July 30th of 2002. So even in the 2002-ish range, it's still pretty... Because it happened um, that December, so that's about, you know... Ooh, it's so cold in Wisconsin. July thirtieth and July thirtieth of last year, we were in Door County. Not that it's that big of a deal. Um, so, like I said, trials move quick in Door County. Oh, he had a trial last June. No, it was in two thousand two, but oh. last June on the thirtieth, on July, July thirtieth of two thousand and two. Yes, seven days have September, April, June, and November. So the defense argued that it was an unfair trial because the jury should have hmm. been from not Door County because the prosecution hmm. said that the jury was made a. They said that it was fair. They said that okay, the jury. You also samurai sorted your friend. Huh? Like you also samurai sorted your friend. So I feel like anyone's probably going to say you're guilty of that. Right? Like, doy. So. The defense um, argued that Ozone was acting in self-defense. But mm. from what I read, John was unarmed. And laughing. And la- and thought it was a joke. And, like, what could he have possibly had that was more intimidating than a goddamn samurai sword? Right. Uh, they also argued that it was an unfair trial because the jury should not have been from Door County because mm. they were biased. But the prosecution said that the jury... That was made up of seven men and five women were chosen specifically because they were unbiased. Okay. Or at least seemed to be, you obviously never know. You never know. You never know. Ozone was sentenced to life in prison, and after several appeals, the judge ruled once and for all that Ozone received a fair trial, and his sentence sentence would indeed be upheld and spend the rest of his life in jail. I don't know which jail. But the, yeah, I don't know what jail would go to. But Terry Vogel is... Uh, 
a constant between me and Morgan's story. Well, he was the sheriff in Door County when all this shit was happening. Yeah, he he's still the sher- uh, the Door County sheriff. No, I think he... Shout out uh, to Terry Vogel. You think he retired? He did retire. That's what that um, oh, article about. Oh, that article about. Yeah, is him retiring. Well, anyway, shout out to Terry Vogel, because he worked on the Dulles case, and he worked on uh, Ozone's. Yeah. And he said that violent crime... He did a lot of stuff, because he did yeah. a lot of Green Bay stuff, too. Because I read a lot yeah. of the shit that he do- had done. Yeah. yeah. Um, he says like, that violent crime... <clears throat> I just want to talk about this one thing, because I almost reported it, or almost did a story on it, but then it was Green Bay, so I took it out. There was this... He said, literally wrote in the article, he's like, I can still remember when this woman... Uh, I forget her name, but she wrote a book... Um, literally about the fact that she killed her baby. Yeah, I read about that. Her 10-month-old, and he said, I can still remember, like, having to cuff her when her hands were bloody and watching her write her confession with bloody hands. That's disgusting. Yeah. So he fucking... But he, he... The way, like, that article was written, it seems like he really did enjoy his work. Like, he was like, it was thrilling. So. And... That's cool. And also, something cool... It was literally from the Gazette Press, but the online version now, because Whoa, the Gazette Press, yeah. has, the Green Bay Gazette, they are the really Green Bay Gazette Press is like, really progressing moved. with the times. I feel like this was not only a journey of murders in Door County, but also a journey of the Gazette, the Green Bay. I mean, and um, it's Door County, but Vogel's Green Bay career and Bogle, um, Bogle. I mean, he was around in like the forties. Obviously, he was like a child then. But. Yeah, and Bogle. So Morgan has not like a murder, murder, but like a, a very an interesting story. Yeah, it's just another little story we're gonna talk about. Um, these are the Peninsula Center fires. So this happened in December of nineteen ninety eight, and they happened until May of nineteen ninety nine. So, barely two years after the anxiety of the Dallas search, so the guy that I did my story yeah. on, who we, we are all So, they're reading. fresh scared. Yeah. Door County was again gripped by fear, this time over the possibility that a serial arsonist was on the loose. That's Within scary. a matter of months, fires leveled the new Stone's Throw Winery, an old peninsula pub. Then, in May of 1999, a storage building behind the winery went up in flames as well. The first two blazes were called probable electrical fires by investigators, but the third one was clearly set on purpose because the building um, had neither wiring nor stored like combusti- combustibles, and the fire burned extraordinarily hot, which meant there was probably paper in there. Yes. Because um, paper is the hottest fires. That's why 9-11 was so fucked up. Um, the mystery oh, yeah, because those buildings are just fire. Deepened when a possible suspect, Daniel Wolf of Bailey's Harbor, was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot at the Peninsula Center Crossroads. Police ruled it a suicide. But, uh, who knows? Yeah. Could have been a fire arsonist. Maybe he thought that, like, Dallas was punk, and so he was trying to be punk, too. Who knows? The 90s were crazy, you guys. Yeah. And Especially uh, in Dork what Morgan just read is from uh, Key to the Door Weekly. Yeah. Published by the Door County Advocate. Yeah, I just wanted to give them a shout out. Give them that shout out. I wanted to give them that shout out. So the this Door was County the Door Countyest episode ever. Yeah. And also, we didn't really mention which towns exactly happened, but I'm sure that they like... all. I they, mean, a lot of stuff happened in like... I'm sure they hung out with friends who were like... Like, hey, like, hey, man, or like, uh, 
I can't do it with Scott. Hey, man, want to go up to our friend up in A Harbor? Let's go to A Harbor and go, go to, to Shipwreck. Sh- let's go to Shipwrecked and get shit-faced. Yep. So... So that's been our Door County episode part of Door County's Weird. Part two. Part and two. And probably the final part. Yeah, Door County is Weird, the end. But. And we promise this time, not like Saw. Seriously. We. The um, next episode is called Door County is Weird. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Fuck you. No, um, the next episode, you guys, I think you're going to be really excited for. So we're going to wait until you're going to wake up to that little notification on your, um, on your little, uh, whatever you listen to podcasts on that says you have a new episode and that it's episode 50 of the Sisters Grimm podcast and you'll have a little treat. Yeah. A hologram of Morgan and I are going to come out. We're going to give you yeah. little butterfly kisses we're to gonna wake be, you up. <laughs> it'll be like in Star Wars. So we're going to be in like those outfits. <laughs> no, I was thinking, I was thinking more Tupac at Coachella, oh, but yeah, okay. no, yeah. Fair we'll enough. both be like, help us Obi-Wan. Yeah, You're seriously. our only help. And then we'll bend down and touch R2. And then we'll hit play on your, um, phone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you guys will like it. We have a lot of fucking information and we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of uh, access to some of these if yeah. we're giving away. And I, I, I have a, I have a lot key. of easy access because of the location in which we reside. And that is how we are going to leave the cliff and the cliffhanger. And we promise this time that next episode is fifty. Yeah, no. If it's, it's not, uh, sorry, it's fifty nine point one or fifty nine point one point five. All right, bye, y'all. Bye, you guys.